welcome to the Quality of Life podcast. My name is Erin Olson, and I am a businesswoman and mother who has been studying personal growth for over 15 years. I've tried almost all of the habits and hacks out there. My goal is to use my real-life experience to show you which tricks and habits make the biggest changes to your quality of life with the least amount of time and energy on your part. We'll cover everything from habits to hacks, fitness to family, and everything in between. Now, let's dive on in to today's topic. Hey guys, I'm Erin Olson, back with part four of the series, So You Want to Start a Side Hustle or Business. Part four is all about how to register it legally. Okay, first, I am not a lawyer or an accountant, so I suggest however you decide to structure and register your business that you run it by one of each of them for some legitimate advice. I am just helping you to know what the next steps are in starting that business of yours using my own experience. So let's dive into this super, super fun topic. Just kidding. There's really nothing fun about this, if I'm honest. This is probably the least fun podcast that I will ever do, but it's a lot of legal stuff that is very important to be done correctly. While it is not fun, it is what makes you a real business and not just a hobby. And real businesses make money, unlike hobbies. If you follow the steps in this episode, you will know exactly how to become a real business. Last week, Our homework was to come up with the name and check it against the rules and see if there are any issues that you think you'll encounter. Then I wanted you to check to see if your name has any live trademarks associated with it and check for the availability of a website and social media handles. I hope you came up with the perfect name. So let's move on to step four and let's make you legit. Now, Each state is specific in their requirements for starting a new business, so you should check with the one where you're located. But here is what I know. First, you need to decide how to legally structure your business. Okay, this sounds very legalese, and it is. Actually, this has more to do with how you will file your taxes. Each has their own benefits and drawbacks, so talk to a CPA or tax advisor to make sure which is right for you. So here are your choices. Sole proprietorship, partnership, LLC, limited liability company, or limited liability partnership, corporation, and S-corporation. I will break them down so that you have a better idea of what to lean towards. Sole proprietorship. This is the easiest legal structure to use. It is ideal for people who are just starting a business by themselves, without partners or investors. In most states, there's no paperwork or documentation to file to the Secretary of State, but you might need to file for a license or permit depending upon the type of business that you do. You must check at the state and local levels in your area. Each may have its own rules you need to follow. Some of the benefits to this type of structure is that it is so easy to manage and set up. You also have full control of the business and the taxes are the least complicated to file. You just report your business income and losses on your regular personal return. The drawbacks to a sole proprietorship are that you are personally responsible for the business's debts and liabilities, 
And that means that if your business goes belly up, heaven forbid, you are personally required to pay back any business debt. Also, if the business gets sued for something, you personally get sued. This structure can also limit your growth if you ever plan on selling to investors, like, you know, on Shark Tank, and they may be less interested. But to start, this is usually the best way to go. If you are going into business with another person, multiple people, or a business, a partnership is probably what you need to be. The benefits to a partnership is that the responsibility is shared. The management duties are shared and the financial responsibilities are shared. Also, the stress is shared and you have a built-in accountability partner or someone to bounce ideas off of and in some cases, someone to talk you off the ledge when things get tough. A partnership does not have to be 50-50 split. You can arrange it in any ratio you agree. Some of the drawbacks to a partnership are that you will have to have a partnership agreement drawn up and you will have to file that agreement with the state. And you will have to be very clear on the expectations of all the people involved as to what the duties are and what to do if there are any disagreements or, heaven forbid, a follow-up. And that in itself is a drawback. If for some reason there is a fallout, you may have to buy out your partner or sell your shares or maybe even close the company. Most people go into a partnership never thinking that any bad blood can happen. But when you have partners, feelings can get hurt and the added stress of running a business can in itself cause a rift. Other drawbacks include that all the profits will be divided among the partners as your partnership agreement states. Also, the liability, you know, that is the financial and personal responsibility of your partners may be on you as well. There are many partnerships that work long term, and this is a viable option. But according to Forbes, 70% of all business partnerships fail. And according to referralrock.com, only 4% of partnerships last more than four years. So choose your partnerships wisely. LLCs or limited liability corporations are also a business structure that you could use. The benefits to this structure are in the name, limited liability. That means that the members or owners, personal assets are typically protected from your business debts. If your business goes under, you typically personally don't have to pay for it unless you have personally guaranteed the debts. This structure is also more flexible in the management and taxation. The business profits and losses are still reported on the member's personal tax returns. This is definitely a question for the lawyer and the accountant or CPA. The drawbacks to this kind of structure is that you definitely need to file paperwork with the state that you're in. This is called Articles of Incorporation and should be drawn up by a lawyer. There has to be a designation to who the members are, like president, vice president, secretary, etc., etc. This can change every year, but you have to have a meeting of all of the members or owners yearly and keep a record of the minutes and possibly you might have to file that yearly. Some states have fees associated with these annual reports or the registration fees as well. 
Another drawback to this type of structure is that, congratulations, your tax filing just got way more expensive, usually running over $1,000 a year and up. When it comes to an LLP, or Limited Liability Partnership, it's basically an LLP, but with only two members. But for all intents and purposes, it is just like an LLC. Now, there are two types of corporations, an S-Corp and a C-Corp. Both structures have a certain amount of shares in the company, but there are differences in the restrictions and how they are taxed. This is when you are considered incorporated. One of the benefits to a corporation is that the corporation is its own entity, so it can exist independently of its founders, which makes it easier to sell. It makes it more attractive to investors, and this entity can issue stock. An S-Corp is where there is a limit to how many shareholders there can be. That limit is 100, and all the shareholders must be U.S. citizens. The benefits to this structure are many. Typically, the shareholder's personal assets are protected. That means that your home and property are not going to be taken in the event that something bad happens. Plus, you as a shareholder can be paid by the company, so you can get your standard W-2 and pay in Social Security and withhold taxes so you don't get as big of a tax bill at the end of the year. And the S-Corp allows for pass-through taxation, where the business profits and losses are still filed on your personal return, avoiding the double taxation of a C-Corp. All the shareholders in an S-Corp get the right to vote at the annual meetings or any special meetings. The drawbacks to choosing S-Corp status is that it becomes a lot more complex. You will definitely need a CPA and probably a bookkeeper with this business structure. That is just to make sure that you are categorizing your expenses properly and make sure that you pay the right amount of taxes. The bill for these services can be in the thousands, but it can save you even more. Also, like an LLC, you will have to file the Articles of Incorporation with the IRS and the local government. This is a legal document that should be drawn up by a lawyer. A corporation is usually called a C-Corp, and this is usually reserved for bigger companies, as it is decidedly way more complex. It has most of the same benefits and drawbacks as the S-Corp, but the added benefits to a C-Corp are that there is no limit to how many shareholders or whether they are U.S. citizens or not. And as far as shareholders go, not all get voting rights. The drawbacks are that if you are a major shareholder, you might get double taxed. The C-Corp will be taxed, and then you as a shareholder will be taxed as well on any profits. So how do you choose? Well, I know I've already said it, but talk to a lawyer and or an accountant. They can steer you towards the best choice, and most will offer this free as a consult to get you to choose their services. Be sure to ask lots of questions, especially how much they charge to create your business and how the different return preparations will be. If you know upfront, then there will hopefully not be any surprise bills. Also, you can always change the structure of your business. You can start as a sole proprietor and change to an LLC or corporation later. 
for a fee, of course. Some industries do have specific regulations and requirements that may also influence your choice if you are wanting a cheaper way to file your business structure. Websites like LegalZoom and Rocket Lawyer are viable ways to go and much, much cheaper. But use caution and be very thorough in reading all the fine print. Okay, now that you got your business structure picked, now what? Now you will have to register your business name and paperwork with the state and the IRS if applicable. If using your name as the business name, you might not have to file it. But any name that you come up with that is not your name, you will more than likely have to file for a certificate of assumed name or file a fictitious name statement with your local county or city clerk's office. Most of the time, this is called a DBA or doing business as. A lot of the time, you will need to announce it in a local paper for X amount of times, get copies of this and file it away just in case. Then register your entity for all LLCs and S-Corps with the state secretary of state office. For this, you will need your articles of incorporation, so have them ready. If you are the main owner or principal, you can usually use your social security number to open the bank accounts that you're going to need. And the irs.gov slash business has a lot of info that you should probably check out to see if you will need an EIN number. That is an employee identification number, especially if you want to have employees. One more step. You will need to determine if you are required to collect sales tax in your state or others. (sighs) This is one of my least favorite things about business. If you are going to ship your products or do business in more than one state, you might have to file to collect sales tax in more than one state. Each state and some cities and counties charge different rates. So make sure that you look at where you might have to get a sales tax number and where you'll have to file those sales taxes and how often. Some smaller businesses only need to file once a year, but others quarterly or monthly. There are some great resources out there to help you with this. Avalara.com and TaxJar.com are great places to get more info, and I'll put that in the show notes. Also, ask your CPA. If you are going to sell your products online, most of the platforms offer this as a add-on service as part of their offerings, which is super helpful. I plan to get into this deeper when we talk about building your website in the next episode. This week's homework is to determine your legal structure and to work with a lawyer or online service like LegalZoom or Rocket Lawyer, and then get that business and name registered. You are officially a real business now. Congratulations! Welcome to the exciting and fun and sometimes scary world of entrepreneurship. Make sure to print off and save all of these receipts and forms somewhere safe. Okay, now that all that legal crap is done, now go get the website domain names and the social media handles and set up some emails. Next week, we are going to tackle how to set up a simple website for relatively cheap. It is so exciting for me to help you wade through all of the ins and the outs of becoming a business. I wish I knew all of these steps when I started my first businesses. If you know somebody who is starting a new business, please share this episode with them. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week on the Quality of Life podcast, and it is going to be way more fun and way less legal. We'll see you later. Bye.
Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to check us out on the Quality of Life podcast, Facebook and Instagram pages, and our website, theerinolson.com, for downloads and more information. That is T-H-E-E-R-I-N-O-L-S-O-N.com. Stay up to date by joining our email newsletter. Together, we can improve all of our quality of life. Oh, 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 oh